0: Welcome to the Cutaways Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Justine. So, if you are a first-time listener, uh, this is a weekly podcast where we watch, discuss, and possibly eat popcorn to romantic comedy movies. Because it's fun and... They are like the red-headed stepchild of the film industry, and we want to know more. We want to know what makes a good romantic comedy, what makes a bad romantic comedy. Trust me, we've seen lots of those. <laughs> and we definitely want to kind of explore why it gets such a bad rap. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. So we've, we started this journey with the Netflix rom-com list, and that slowly deteriorated into nothing. <laughs> I mean, there still are are movies, there are just less. There's lots of less. (laughs) Lots less. We were supposed to have some weird trippy shit in the 70s, and then that all went away. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, then Miramax went away, and then we lost everything. (laughs) Yeah. So we're kind of doing like a mismatch of an essentials list and also what was on or is on the Netflix list, and we kind of are still chugging along. After the apocalypse, <laughs> post-apocalypse. We're we're a post-apocalyptic podcast, guys. Yay!
1: So, what are we watching today, Justine? Today, we're watching an essential. We're watching 1993's Groundhog Day. Yes, which I have never seen. That's so crazy to me. I wa I I feel like I watched it this year already
0: on Groundhog Day. <laughs> I, like, know what it's about, and I've seen clips of it, and I think I've possibly seen the ending, which is, like, Sleepless in Seattle, which I don't understand how ha- how it happens. It just does. But I don't really remember everything. So, I know it has Bill Murray in it. Oh, yeah, it's a good one. Here's the description from DVD.com.
1: Sent to cover the annual appearance of world-famous groundhog Puxitani Phil, a self-centered TV weatherman unleashes his bitterness and soon realizes he's doomed to repeat Groundhog Day until he learns that his actions can affect the outcome. Mm. Okay. I like the description.
0: It's very, what's going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> I like that he's a weatherman. Because mm-hmm. he's supposed to predict the future in mm-hmm. the weather. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> it stars Bill Murray,
1: Andy McDowell, Chris Elliott, and it's directed by Harold Ramis. Is this our first
0: Harold Ramis movie? Yes. I love Harold Ramis. It's not our last, but it's our first. I know. He should have made more movies while he was alive.
1: Yeah. This movie's rated PG for some thematic elements. That's
0: very descriptive and not so... What? I think it's referring to um suicide attempts. Oh, because it's not very uh, specific. So what is rated PG for? Like how how would you base your like movie going experience with your child based on some thematic elements? Like that doesn't describe anything. No. No. But this is early 90s. They got
1: away with a lot of stuff. Yes, they did. Kids could watch anything and we're fine. <laughs> yeah? We're we're fine. It's an hour and 41 minutes and it's rated 4 stars on dvd.com.
0: Oh, that sounds nice. Why only 4? This like movie is like a cultural cult classic, isn't it? It is. Yeah, should be rated higher than four. I don't know. That's
1: why they're cult classics. They're not like
0: instant hits. Okay, okay. I'll let them. I'll let it slide this okay. once. Ready to go watch it? It's super yeah. fun. Yeah. Yay. Bill Murray. Yay. Let's go have fun. Here we are, walking to the TV, walking to the <laughs> to watch the movie. <laughs> and welcome to the cutaways me. podcast i'm ashley and i'm justine and we just watched
1: groundhog, groundhog day,
0: day. <laughs> it's groundhog day get outside campers it's cold <laughs> <laughs> yeah i feel like we need one of those like like a uh, sound machine thingies like mm-hmm. the little oh a little like yeah yeah little whistle guy yeah all the whistles and the bells the bells and the whistles
1: put your booties on so we watch groundhog day from columbia pictures
0: aka sony hmm. well sony now yes columbia then yes sony now
1: yes I we live, live yeah i live yeah i live closer to them you than do live, you live but it's oh, around
0: the neighborhood yeah it's there with a rainbow and everything, Bill Murray. Yeah, that's the like uh, that's the headline for this movie. <laughs> Bill Murray gets trapped in a single day. Mm-hmm. What will he have to learn to finally escape it? Da, could, da, da.
1: could it be the path to self enlightenment?
0: According to Harold Ramis, yes, yes, that is what it is. <laughs> you have to be a civil servant for a little while. Mhm. You have to. Fall in love mm-hmm. and understand the true meaning of life.
1: Yeah. To serve others and not yourself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's that- it, the end. Yep. <laughs> Stop being a selfish asshole, Bill Murray. Nobody likes you like that.
1: Aw. Everybody likes him like that though.
0: Well yeah, like as Bill Murray, but not like As
1: Phil Connors.
0: As Phil Connors. I really wanted to say Phil Collins for a really long <laughs> portion of that movie. He's like, "What's his name again?" Oh, yeah, it's Bill. Bill Col- no. Bill Collins. Bill Connors. Connors, right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah. First thoughts are, it was pretty good. It wasn't like Caddyshack, like I was expecting it to be for some weird reason. I've never seen Caddyshack. Caddyshack is like more slapstick mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, where Bill Murray is actually not a central character. He is like an after character. Yeah. Who's just there to perpetuate the B story of killing. <laughs> I ironically killing a um a gopher, right? A gopher. <laughs> yeah. So again, it revolves around the story of a rodent of some sort. Yeah,
1: I know in some of the scenes Harold ramis you didn't want to make it too caddyshack
0: Yeah. I can see that and I can see why. But yeah, I thought it like it had it took a little bit to digest mm-hmm. the movie cuz it really felt long and monotonous in some parts where it kind of got To the point where it's like, okay, Bill Murray, you're being a little creepy. And I don't normally get Bill Murray as creepy, more Mm -hmm. lovable and terrifying. Mm -hmm. Like a mixture of those two emotions. Like he's kind of terrifying in the fact that he is that witty and that kind of evil minded. But also just kind of lovable. Like you could give him a hug. And yeah, that's, that's my... First takes, I guess. I don't, I don't know. It it was definitely interesting and definitely kind of like letting it digest and thinking about it reminded reminded us a lot of Harold and Maude. Mm-hmm. Kind of how it takes a little bit because there's a lot there, even with a very simple concept. There isn't as much symbolism as right. Harold and Maude, but it like the emotions needed to take a little bit to digest. Like what what the actual message of all of this really was, because there was no central force or Inciting incidents or whatever that threw him into this day of repeatingness. Mm-hmm. Um, it just kind of happened; like he fell into a a loop of some kind. But he had to learn. He had to learn a lesson. But you weren't quite sure what that lesson was. But you knew he was a jerk. Yes, you definitely knew he was an asshole. Mm-hmm. definite definite asshole. But like as the movie progresses, he kind of learns the lessons. The learns the lessons of, like, life, yeah, life all in lessons. one day. Well, one day repeating itself over and over and over again. He until- learns
1: a lot of lessons.
0: Yeah. But, like, he learns, like, a culmination of life lessons, like, uh, lessons that you would learn all throughout your life in just this one centralized day. So he kind of just, you kind of are a little jealous of him because at the end of it, he already has all of this knowledge and everything and then he just gets to go and live his life as this same... Young-ish dude.
1: You know, it's also kind of like a, a Christmas carol.
0: Yeah. Where he has to go through the three challenges of... Because he... Di- Actually, that's a really good parallel. Well, because he has to learn... Have you seen Scrooged? I have not seen Scrooged. It's a Bill Murray. It is Bill Murray. I know it's Bill Murray. I haven't seen it. But yeah, he has to learn the like the lesson of humbleness... And like what death kind of is and, and, and how love and what love is and what like the respect that each of those things deserve. So he does have to learn things, but it's not like in your face about it. Like A Christmas Carol, where it's very, here are your three ghosts. Here are the missions and, and things that you have to go on with this. He has no like guiding force mm-hmm. whatsoever. It's just he has to sit there and go through this. Same old, same old. Every single day he wakes up to the Sonny and Share song, to the same radio announcement. He has it memorized in the end. And then he thinks that he has to perfect the day mm-hmm. when it really isn't that he has to perfect the day. He has to perfect his humanity mm-hmm. in a way. Like what, what, it, it, what is it to be, be human kind of thing? It's a very deep, simple concept though i don't think i'm like explaining it no i think this. you got it oh okay you're you're sitting there and you're going on this wild ride with bill murray in in these really comedy bits but you're actually seeing something that that does happen in in life in general you go through your day-to-day kind of thing and it does start to feel very monotonous and very boring and it's because you're not focusing on the actual little minute details of of being human of mm-hmm taking care of somebody who is like lower class or lower than you or having respect for life like no one's gonna die on my watch kind of thing and all that like you you experience that but it's so subtle and so minor that you don't really think about it in the overall picture until a little bit later on Mm -hmm. at least that's how it was for me
1: yeah yeah you're right in that it's you can be jealous of him because he's lived all these years and hasn't aged at all. Yeah. And then gets the opportunity to start, you know, living again.
0: Yeah. And not being a jerk. And being a weatherman who, you know, is kind of a little bit well off in the community. And, you know, having a little bit more respect for the small town that he was stuck in for God knows how many years. Um, My
1: first thoughts were, well, when I was assembling this list... For our essentials list, this movie had come up on top lists of best romantic comedies. I never thought of this movie as a romantic comedy.
0: Yeah, the romance side of it is really kind of almost an afterthought. Mm-hmm. Like the it's kind cons- of B storyline. It's definitely B storyline, and in some instances, it kind of gets to the point where it's really kind of creepy. It's not romantic. He's trying to to play the idea of the perfect romance instead of actually feeling the romance.
1: Well, that was the intention.
0: Yeah, I get that it's the intention. That's that's what makes it like really kind of an afterthought for me in the sense because eventually he gives that up. Like Mm -hmm. he gives it up and then he goes off and does something else completely. So it's like the romance isn't, it doesn't come off as a romantic comedy. Like it would be, say when Harry met Sally where the romance is is definitely talked about over and what it is to be romantic and and that kind of stuff whereas this is like "Eh, she's a girl I really like her let me try But he
1: does get to know her he is talking to her every day for however many years this is it's just the the thing that wins in the end that breaks him out is that like she had to fall in love with
0: him like like in
1: the Beauty and the Beast yep
0: yeah. Yes. In a sense, I, I get that. It just kind of comes off as a little creepy and weird to me that sh- it's not really fair to her that he's constantly living this, these however many days, however many years, months, whatever you want to categorize it, and getting to know her like super, super well, and then she only has to experience it in a day. It kind of just comes off as a little... Yeah, but One-sided in the romance. end,
1: it's like she's seen him dedicate himself, and I don't know, she, in the end, he's like this complete human, perfect being, and that's what she sees, and I guess she is charmed by that.
0: Yeah, and it just, it comes off as just a little, a little unfair to me. Like, the guy gets all of this grand experience kind of thing, and, and, and in, a, in a real romance, you kind of want to experience that together, and experience that getting to know you phase together he already knows a lot about her now Mm -hmm. and she doesn't have that same kind of thing so like how are they going to go through the beginnings of a relationship now when it's not really the beginnings for him
1: you have a point there
0: yeah it's kind of a little bit taking advantage of not of her because it just you know she wasn't part of the time loop or Mm -hmm. whatever you want to say it just seems to me like that's not how I would
1: Yeah, well, he attempted to take advantage of her at first, and that didn't work, so he abandoned it.
0: Yeah, he probably took advantage of every woman in town, to be quite honest.
1: You got 10 years or 30 years, we don't know.
0: Yeah, we don't know. It's not specified how long he's stuck in this loop, and it's, it's really, you don't know how he got there, you don't know why it's happening specifically and only to him, but...
1: It's the curse of the groundhog.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's stuck for six more years of winter.
1: Mm. Would you watch this uh, movie next uh, Groundhog's Day?
0: Yeah, definitely. I definitely think that there is a lot that I need to, I just need to watch it again to kind of get. Now that I understand where everything is going, that there isn't like the central, there isn't the the tropey kind of thing Mm -hmm. that you're expecting to happen. Now that I kind of understand that, I think I can stop looking for it. And and watch it a little bit more with a better understanding of how things are gonna play out or what I'm supposed to be looking for.
1: Yeah, cause I probably came through this, to this movie like backwards. Like probably have seen parts of it on TV a million times from growing up, and just yeah, eventually watched the whole thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Whereas me, I just I kind of knew the story, I knew the understanding kind of thing, but I always thought, oh, like here's the magic or the the crazy old guy's going to curse him now to to learn his lesson or, you know, the beauty and the beast kind of side of it. And so it's interesting now that it's completely not that. It has a very deep kind of understanding of life and what it is to grow up or be a good person or that kind of stuff. So that I have to come at it with that in (laughs) mind, I think like, trust Bill Murray. Let him go. Let him take you on this crazy ride.
1: Yeah. And that's what it really is. It's a crazy ride with Bill Murray driving.
0: With a gopher on it. Or not a gopher, with a groundhog on his lap.
1: With the groundhog. Don't drive angry. <laughs> Honestly, that's what my sister and I, we send that gift to each other every
0: Groundhog's Day. It's a great scene. And to know that that was real, like that, yeah. that's scary. Like he actually had a live groundhog on his lap and was just trolling around in this red truck around town with this damn thing on his lap until it bit him until it bit him according to that would not happen today no the like uh the star of the movie or whatever would be like would be nowhere near a live animal yeah it'd be like fuck that shit what do you you want me to do what (laughs) get the get the humane society on the line i need to talk to them right now sag i need to talk to you come over here little field rep come on come on that's how that would play out.
1: Yeah, when I was watching a Troop Beverly Hills last night, and they have like the bunch of twelve-year-olds like standing on the edge of a cliff. I'm like, that would not happen. <laughs> now. That would be
0: CGI'd. Everybody
1: would be tethered to something. Like then they paint out. You know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No. Totally. <laughs> Which I mean, there is a reason that these. The safety things were implemented and that we can't do the things that they did back in the 90s mm-hmm. for probably very good reasons. Oh, no, yeah. Because <laughs> you don't want to spend money
1: loading your actor up on rabies shots,
0: which yeah. they did. Yeah. That or to like pay for their injuries when they fall off of a cliff. Mm-hmm. Or, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. Like that, hmm.
1: Yeah, it's just, and you know, okay, well, in the real world, you'd be like, whatever, something, something. It's dumb people don't do dumb stuff. But film sets are, are full of insurance and... Uh.
0: Yeah, and they will, they'll shut you down on mm-hmm. on a lot of different things. OSHA. Like, even hiring Lindsay Lohan, they'll shut you down. <laughs> Sorry, Lindsay, but it's true. That's why you haven't been on a set in years. Oh, well, it's true. We yeah, Same with Mel Gibson. Ooh. Like when Mel Gibson wouldn't go get help for his alcoholism, the insurance companies, because he would show up late or just not show up at all or, or anything like that. So the insurance companies are like, well, we can't. Mm. You're wasting $30,000 or whatever a day that you have to shut down. We won't cover it. And, you won't, and we won't cover it. So they just stopped insuring. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. There's a lot of money. A lot of money and a lot of like... To me, that's like just just, that disrespects your craft and and all of the people that are there around you, like disrespecting your entire crew like that is really shitty Mm -hmm. and you deserve to have some consequence of that. It shouldn't just because you're a big name, it shouldn't just get swept under the rug because you're screwing over, you know, thousands of people or hundreds of people, I guess would be more accurate. Because doesn't really screw over post all that much. But ooh, ooh. it could. Yeah, it could. So we start out. We start out on my birthday.
1: Phil Murray is a weatherman in Pittsburgh. His name is
0: Phil. Collins. Connors. <laughs> <laughs> I did it. I see. I knew I was going to do it. I, did. I know. You did it accidentally. <laughs> I saw it. <laughs> His name is Phil Connors. Um. This is his fourth
1: year in a row traveling to Puxatawney, Pennsylvania, and he's a jerk.
0: He's not just a jerk. He is an asshole. Like, he is somebody that I would want to punch. He's, like, egotistical, calling himself talent. Egocentric. Very narcissistic. Mm -hmm. Very narcissistic. All of the words that are described as insults for people that just don't, Think about anyone but themselves or try to think about anybody but themselves that is him he is the stereotypical white male jerk off this is definitely a stereotype of actors Mm -hmm. but stereotypes unfortunately as horrible as they are do have some grain of truth to Mm -hmm. them
1: he also has um I don't want to say delusions of grandeur, but he's like, oh, I'm leaving this small, you know, junky, stupid station.
0: They're gonna want me in the big city soon. A major network is trying to contact me, guys. Mm-hmm. Like they want me, bad. <laughs> That's how it was. That's yeah. how he was. He was like, like, whoring himself out to fictional things that haven't really happened.
1: Yeah, and he's just because he's just a weatherman.
0: Just a weatherman. Are like weather were weathermen like huge deals back then? I guess they kind of were. Um, I mean there are some celebrity weathermen, like from
1: my where I'm from, there's Tony Petraca. And in like Chicago there's
0: what's his face? I only know the ones from St. Louis. (sighs) Bill Murray could would like really make a really good weatherman. He'd be funny. He was a really good weatherman in this movie. (laughs) Yeah, needed more of that. Yeah, just a hint.
1: So he's got a new segment producer for the the uh, location shoot, the field shoot.
0: <laughs> Which should we explain to the people how producers work? If you can. Well, in news, they're like your they're like your director. They're they're there to to make sure that the talent in air quotes are are comfortable. They know what they're doing. They have like everything kind of taken care of and locked down and they get all the
1: the make sure everything is they get all the footage for the yeah yeah for the cuts
0: and they they're the ones who have the the headset on they're the ones who connect you to back to the network if they're going back to network if it's live or all that jazz so
1: they do everything
0: yeah they're like your handler
1: and um his new producer is rita rita andy mcdowell yeah
0: uh, that's who it is. She's a Hallmark darling now. I didn't buy Cedar the whole... Cedar Cove. I didn't buy their chemistry. No? That's one thing. Maybe that's why, like, the romance thing just felt so B-plot. I feel like I never really cared.
1: It was just all about funny things with Bill Murray.
0: Yeah, that's definitely what the movie, like, focused on centrally. I just... I don't... I didn't feel like these two people needed to be together. I didn't feel... She wasn't very good at slapping. <laughs> she wasn't on the same level mm-hmm. as he was, kind of not not level per se, but I guess like acting wise. Like when Bill Murray does his character, you he always has just a semblance of Bill Murray left it, in him, and he vamps it up a lot. And then he vamps it up a lot, yeah. So it's like he it feels very natural, whereas she kind of came off as. I'm going to deliver these lines now, or I'm not going to have that same kind of fluidity. To but she had her southern charm. Yeah, I buy it. I guess it's because I'm from southern Missouri. <laughs> Technically southern Illinois, but yep. semantics, man. Semantics.
1: <laughs> we also have Larry, the, the camera op,
0: who is Lily's dad. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Aldrin. This is what he left her for. This is what he left her to go do. Hmm. Okay. He's funny. Oh, he's great.
1: He's he's a he's a. They're like all TV actors. Yeah, I feel like, and then they put them in this movie because it's like, and even like the guy who plays Ned Ryerson, he's always in something. These are all people you've seen
0: places. Yeah, they're all in something. Mm-hmm. Whether it's some, I think I feel like some of them have done. Some, like, feature work, too, just as, like, character background yeah, actors or something. Yeah, they're good character like actors. Yeah.
1: You're right about that. So, so the trio. Because we always have to have a trio. Harry, Ron, and Hermione. Yes. Actually, that really works really well. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's just how we're calling them from now on. <laughs> so Harry, Ron, and Hermione arrive in Puxatawney. Rita has booked Phil a and b
0: Because he can't stay in that crotchety-ass hotel That's basically what he calls it.
1: Yeah. And also, I think he just wants to be difficult now.
0: Yeah, and I'm not sure, like, why.
1: Like, that's what he is as a talent. Like, oh, I can't drink coffee. I only drink cappuccinos. He's like, I'm Hollywood. You are in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania.
0: I'm Beverly Hills, and you are the Valley. Mm. Okay? Okay. Mm. (laughs) Three snaps and a (laughs) Z-formation.
1: So... Yeah, nothing really happens at night, but then we start the
0: next morning with the uh, alarm clock, six a.m. and Sunny and Cher and some "I Got You, Babe" mm-hmm. and some radio show with some weird people. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, we're just gonna go through his typical day. Yeah, it's just his normal first day. There's in- a guy
1: he runs into in the hallway. He's a jerk to him.
0: He's a jerk to everyone. Yeah.
1: He meets the proprietor of the B&B and does the whole, I oh, only drink cappuccino, blah, blah, blah. And he's a jerk. And he's like, I'm definitely leaving.
0: 100% chance of departure. Departure. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: yeah. I keep writing like everything. He's a jerk and is a jerk.
0: And is a jerk. He
1: seems the, He sees the homeless guy. He pretends to have.
0: He does that quite often. Yeah. And that's just kind of a dick move. Mm-hmm. Than just straight up... Ign- actually, it's all just a dick move.
1: Set, well, just set up saying, like, sorry. I don't know. Yeah. But you did have money.
0: I always say I don't have cash or, I, like, I'll get you a f- some food or something.
1: Yeah. Well, I never have cash. So I'm yeah. always like... I, there was a woman sitting at the bus stop the other day, and she's just like, do you have money? For, and I'm like, I, I really don't have any.
0: Yeah. She's like, you don't? I'm like, I really don't. <laughs> yeah. I just... In Chicago, I had one, and this has, like, freaked me out ever since. I had a guy, uh, I had just gotten done grocery shopping, and I was walking back from Jewel downtown, because this is when I was living um, in Printers Row, so I was still downtown. And Jewel and Printers Row are pretty close to one another. Printers Row is, like, right behind the film building. Mm -hmm. So I was pretty close. And he followed me from the Red Line stop which I think was Jackson. Oh, uh, Roosevelt. Roosevelt. No, it was Roosevelt. That's right. And um, followed me from there, which is a good like three blocks. Oh,
1: yeah. That's a long distance.
0: To my apartment door. And I said, I can give you like here. Here's an apple. Here's like this. I can give you that. And he's like, no, do you have any cash? And I'm like, no, I don't have any with me. And he's like, well, where do you live? Let's like, I'll go with you and you can give me cash or something like that. And I'm like, no, dude, like I literally would have to go to the bank. And he's like, oh, well, where's your bank? Blah, blah, blah. Jesus. So like ever since then, because he followed me all the way to my front door. And if I didn't have like I had like a fob that Mm -hmm. I could just wave and then get in through the door, I was afraid that he was going to follow me in through that the front door of my apartment building. Mm -hmm. So like ever since then, I have been slightly scarred about Mm -hmm. giving money at all. Like I'm just like strictly no, like I can't give you money, but here this is what I can give you. Which I feel really bad about it, but that just knowing that there are people like that 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 do take advantage of that kind of in a way. Yeah. And make it creepy kind of ruins it for everybody else, unfortunately.
1: People are always asking on the on the red line here. Mm-hmm. And I just wanna be like, I'm on a train. Do you think I have money? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I am riding public transit in LA. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: It's, it's really kind of shitty, but if it was like somebody like that nice old guy who would just like accept food or something like that, that would, I would feel more comfortable Mm -hmm. about doing it.
1: Yeah. Okay. So after, after the homeless guy, we have our first encounter with Ned, Ned Ryerson.
0: What needle, needle nose, Ned, needle nose,
1: Ned, Ned, the head,
0: Ned, the head. (laughs) He gave himself a lot of nicknames.
1: Yeah. He apparently went to school with Phil. They have a lot of interactions, but Phil does not remember this guy at all. And, of course, he wants to be a big jerk to him, too. But if he ran into Ned, this this big, over-exuberant guy, would Mm -hmm. you want to get out of the situation, too?
0: Yeah, probably. If I, like, didn't really remember the person from high school or whatever, or it was somebody in high school that you um, didn't care for. Not necessarily didn't care for, because I didn't really have anybody that I had like huge beefs with. Mm -hmm. I just had people who made me feel very uncomfortable. Like there were the people who made me feel uncomfortable because I didn't party or didn't drink or didn't, you know, didn't even try to do those kinds of things. I didn't like hanging out in the supermarket parking lot on a Friday night. Like I just never was that type of person so i had like people were like really confused by that so they made me uncomfortable in those situations but yeah if it was something like that i would probably be like uh yeah nice to see you sir and then if they
1: tried to sell you uh, insurance
0: (laughs) say i already had it yeah because i do
1: after ned he steps in the puddle
0: yes i forgot about the puddle
1: Mm -hmm. and then he shows up at the event and he's a jerk to Rita, he's a jerk to Larry, and he does his segment, and Phil sees his shadow.
0: He's a jerk to his viewers?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. Six more weeks of winter, whatever. And so they're trying to leave, and the blizzard hits on their way out, and the roads are closed. So they go back to Puxatawney, where there's no hot water. No. And then the magic happens.
0: The snow falls.
1: It's like in um the magic snow from Home Alone. Mm-hmm. The alarm goes off at 6 a.m.
0: 6 a.m.
1: Sonny and Cher, he's like, Great job, guys. You played the same tape from yesterday.
0: Yeah. Same song. Same same everything.
1: So, so, he's weirded out. He's super weirded out. He's just going through. He thinks it's a prank, or he doesn't know what's going on, but he's super weirded out by why everything and everybody is the same as the day before. Yeah. He... arrives to Gobbler's Knob, which is where they do the thing. Which is apparently
0: actually in Woodstock, Illinois. Yeah, they shot in Woodstock. This was not actually shot, really, all the way in Poxitani. Because I guess they don't... The town where they actually do the groundhog ceremony Mm -hmm. is further outside of town. Yeah. They do it in the park. Yeah, so they want it centralized.
1: Yeah, and it's a nice location for being an actual living place
0: that's a nice location yeah yeah you could definitely picture it being almost a lot it looks a lot like the gilmore girls set Mm. on the wb lot on the wb lot, across the street from Mm -hmm. universal with the dancing
1: frog so he does the first half of his segment and then he's just like okay bye he drops his mic and leaves yeah because he's just like so weirded out he's so freaked out i'm like okay no Let's figure this out. <laughs> you guys are messing with me, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, he goes back to the B&B. He breaks the pencil. This is where he's like, okay.
0: Yeah, he's trying to like make something happen so that he can see if everything resets or what is resetting specifically. Yeah, it's a
1: little scientific experiment. Yeah. But when he wakes up in the morning, the pencil is whole.
0: The pencil is whole and it's in under the desk or the side table again
1: And an important thing to remember is that he remembers he yes. he his memory doesn't change like he continues he doesn't get older but he remembers everything that happens yeah
0: he stays exactly the same aside from his memory
1: so so this time when he wakes up he plows past everyone just trying to, he just gets to rita to tell her something is going on this is weird i'm having problems i need help yes And so then he goes to Dr. Harold Ramis. He didn't really have a name, so we just called him Dr. Harold Ramis. He's a neurologist. Like, Rita was like, maybe if you're sick, you should go to a doctor. Yeah. Have your brain checked out. Yeah. So he does so, and Harold Ramis sees no problems.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's like, yeah, everything looks good here. Maybe you need to go see a psychologist. So he goes
1: to a psychiatrist, and the psychiatrist... I like, okay, in the, in the behind the scenes, whatever things we were watching, he they, yeah. they said that it's just like going to therapy. You repeat the same things. You're repeating your stories, but then you're learning from it. He's like, this is what this movie is. It's a therapy. He goes to a bowling alley with these drunkies. So he's getting drunk and he says, what would you do if you were stuck in one place and nothing you did mattered? Ashley, what would you do? I don't know. I feel like I would binge watch. <laughs> my first thing was, man, I'd get to read all those books I want to read. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good
0: idea. I don't Right now, I just, because, I don't know, I feel like the wedding just took like a year off of my life. I feel like I would just want to sleep. <laughs> I feel like they should have showed that. Well, maybe they kind of did when he was just slamming the alarm down. I feel yeah. like, yeah, I would not get out of bed. Yeah, like, fuck it. Why not? Mm-hmm. Like, that's probably what I would do at first. And then I would probably venture out and kind of do what he kind of does, like, learn new things, try something different, because what does it matter? It's just going to reset the next day. Mm-hmm. So...
1: So, yeah, right now, Phil is exploring this topic. Like, he's done the scientific experiments. He's like, okay, this isn't ending. What is What what is this opportunity? What do, What do you do? And... Well, and the drunkie says, what do you what? What would you do if there's no tomorrow? And he's like, well, just this.
0: Get drunk. Do whatever the hell I want. Yeah, we could do whatever we wanted. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't have any hangovers to deal with. Nobody would be angry at you for any reason. So he takes the drunkies on a police chase. <laughs> <laughs> he runs over a mailbox. Mm-hmm. Gets put inside a jail cell.
1: Oh, no. First, um he he drives on the train tracks. Oh yeah,
0: he does drive on the train tracks. I forgot about that. He drives on the train tracks. I like that line is like I'm betting he's going to swerve first. <laughs> yeah, yeah cuz at this point he doesn't care
1: if he lives or dies. Right. But once he gets into jail and then wakes up the next day, he's excited. Yeah. He's suddenly like a key has like to the universe is opened.
0: <laughs> yeah. He's not taking it as a learning opportunity yet. No, right now it's just a mischievous opportunity. It's like, what else can I do? What can that I get I've away with? always wanted to do kind of thing. If that were the case, I would probably go and steal the real ruby slippers. How could you get there in a day? On a plane? But there's a storm. See, I like that fact that he can't leave town. Yeah. Actually, I never really... I don't know. Well, I mean, if I'm stuck in L.A., mm-hmm. what would I do in L.A.?
1: I feel like I would try lots of restaurants.
0: Probably stalk somebody. You
1: also have, in this point, unlimited money.
0: Yeah. Because, like, your bank account is just going to reset. Yeah. Who would I stalk? (laughs) I'd probably sneak on, like, a movie set or something. Mm -hmm. Say something mean about Tom Cruise. Ooh, I'd go to the Scientology building because then they wouldn't have my name the next day. Like, Mm -hmm. go see what that's all about. (laughs) And troll them wouldn't have to leave a fake name i could just fuck with them that would be awesome Mm -hmm. you could figure out where like everybody was shooting in town yeah also find out where everybody lives Mm -hmm. i could go around and meet every single person in la that sounds terrifying yet interesting like meeting an la gang Mm -hmm. kind of thing hang out with a gang for a while would you solve the gang wars (laughs) not in a day but but maybe like later on after i've learned about them Mm -hmm. have intimate knowledge of their their things go help people out in compton see that's like the the problem with that i have with it though is that i'm the only one who would remember it Mm -hmm. i'm the only one who would help in the long run kind of thing yeah because like once once he wakes up and it's the next day that guy that he helped is still dead
1: yeah and like even simpler example you say say you decide to spend the whole day picking up garbage on the beach yeah and then the
0: next day is just all reset yeah
1: and that's what he's learning and that's life
0: (sighs) yeah like no matter what you do like big grand gesture kind of thing it's not gonna ever be enough you need to start not necessarily small but you need to to constantly be working at that goal Mm -hmm. like it's not gonna be solved ever in a day, no matter how hard you try. So you need to look, think think smaller, work bigger. We're learning things here on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I like learning things. You know what he does, though? He punches
1: Ned. He does punch Ned. He punches like a couple different people. Mm-hmm. Um, then he has dinner with Rita. He's eating everything on the menu.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Including an entire piece of cake. Mm-hmm. Just one piece of cake that goes into Bill Murray's mouth hmm And that's it. Yeah. I want to
1: try that now, though. So when he's eating all the, the food and talking to Rita, he says, I don't worry about anything anymore. That's his attitude now.
0: Yeah. He's going, like, backwards through the, the stages of grief.
1: Mm. Uh Another day, he hits on this girl and gets her info. And then the next day, like, pretends to know her.
0: Yeah. And then has sex with her.
1: Yeah. But he
0: says, oh, Rita. Yeah. Their setup for the romance just wasn't. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm I'm decidedly like in the no camp on the romance part of this movie.
1: Everything Uh-oh. else was
0: good. Okay. Everything else was good. Their just setup on that was just not good. And then there's a fun scene that I like where he's
1: predicting the um the bank transaction the 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 armored car.
0: Yeah, he's walking through like, look a gust of wind.
1: Yeah, he's like three two dog bark.
0: <laughs> Five, four, three, two, car.
1: Yep. Coins. Yep. It's like, he's done this a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is like... And exactly this, they do the same thing in that Tom Cruise movie.
0: Do they? Yeah. I've heard the only redeeming grace of that entire movie is that Emily Blunt is just so good in it. She's
1: really good. I'd yeah. say watch the movie. I just don't like Tom Cruise. Short little
0: gremlin man.
1: <laughs> he buy. He buys that expensive like Western outfit and that car and stuff. Yeah, because he's Dirty Harry. And I like how he's like, I've seen this movie. It's a good one. I've seen it a thousand times. Yep. Um, at the truck with Rita. What do you do with one day left? And then he gets to know Rita. That's like his new mission. Yeah. Is get to know Rita. Gets to know Rita's type. Um, one thing of Rita's type is that he plays an instrument. Um, They have the can I buy you a drink sequence where he learns the drink she likes, what she toasts to. He learns how to play the piano. He learns French. Because he's learned that she was a poetry major and she mm-hmm. studied French poetry. Uh, they make a snowman. They do dancing. Like she likes the day. She's like, this has been a great day. Yeah. He invites her inside. They're kissing. It's too fast for her. He wants her to stay, but she gets mad and calls him out on all the things like he's listing. Okay, no white chocolate, no fudge, you know? <laughs> yeah. And she just calls him out and she's like, this is really creepy. And uh, smacks him and leaves. It's, she smacks him with a smile on her face. Yeah, not great acting. No. Because I think she
0: was reacting to Bill Murray. Yeah, she probably was. <laughs> And the smack wasn't even like that hard. It was like one of those little love taps that I do on Sam's face.
1: (laughs) We see another snowman sequence and this time he's overdoing it. He's, as Harold Ramis says, he's doing the mock love. He's trying to recapture the moment they had before. He
0: keeps talking about how he wants all of these kids and how he's like, are you adopted small children who are throwing snowballs at me? yeah he's gone a little crazy yeah with doing this
1: i mean you just have to keep constantly thinking like he's had to do the whole day just to even get her drink order had to repeat the whole entire day yeah he's done this
0: he's going insane (laughs) oh yeah no i i totally understand that it just comes off as just really weird
1: and then there's a slapping montage like he keeps failing yeah he fails at life
0: Constantly.
1: So now he's upset. He's watching Jeopardy with the elderly people and getting all the answers right.
0: Yeah, because he's memorized the Jeopardy. He's probably been there. He's probably done that at least 10-ish times.
1: Yeah. And he's just a uh, angry drunk. We have an alarm-smashing montage.
0: Where he probably is staying in bed all day.
1: And he thinks, I have to stop the groundhog. Yeah. It's the groundhog's fault.
0: It's all the groundhog's fault. Yeah, cuz he like starts rationalizing all of the insanity and the magic. Mhm. So, he he believes the the groundhog has cursed him. Mhm. So he steals it. He steals it and they go on a wild goose chase across the town to through the the woods, mm-hmm. into a quarry where then he proceeds to let the groundhog drive because at some point you're that insane. Don't drive angry. Don't drive angry. Tells the groundhog that. And then proceeds to drive off the side of a cliff. Mm-hmm. While being chased by the groundhog committee, his van his news van mm-hmm. and the police. And the uh what's his name? Camera guy. Larry. Larry. Films the entire thing. Yeah. As the car goes off the cliff and smashes. And Rita is like, oh, Phil. And he's like, oh, you never know. He might be okay. And then the truck explodes. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, not so much after that. Mm. So then it's six o'clock again.
1: Yep. And then we have a montage sequence of
0: more suicide attempts. Yes. With a toaster, jumping off of things, getting hit by cars. He's tried everything. Yeah. You even see him in the morgue yeah after he jumps, so it's like he's he's dead dead, and Sam did bring up like is he actually feeling does he remember the pain? Does he remember actually dying? That's an interesting thing that it's like never really explored.
1: I'm gonna say probably he remembers everything else,
0: yeah, so he would probably remember death, and he i mean he's dead for a considerable amount of time, so yeah, he's having dinner with uh Rita again, he says.
1: I'm a god.
0: <laughs>
1: List all the ways that we didn't even see him t- attempt to kill himself.
0: Yeah. It's like, I'm not the god, but I'm a god.
1: I'm immortal.
0: I don't know how.
1: He proves this to Rita by introducing her to everyone in the diner. Everyone. Telling everybody a backstory. Even tells Rita about herself. Yes. Says what Larry is going to say next. He's like, this is going to happen and this is happening. See, I'm a god. I'm immortal. I think that... You know, this thing with Rita doesn't work. Like, in that last thing, he he doesn't tell her that he's repeating the day. Like, he's not supposed to tell anybody. Yeah. That's not the trick of it, to get somebody to believe him.
0: Mm Mhm. It's to actually just get somebody to have faith. Yeah, and be at peace. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, it's not really just love. It's not necessarily that. It's being at peace with repeating the day. And losing that and having to start it all over again. He's like Sisyphus. Mm. Bringing in the Greek mythology. What? what? Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He's like, you got to believe me. Um, So they're hanging out in his room. They're throwing cards and a hat. And the clock turns to midnight. And she's like, you didn't disappear. He's like, it resets at six. She's like,
0: oh. You didn't tell me that. You knew I was waiting for midnight, bro. (laughs)
1: Like, what the fuck? So she starts falling asleep in his bed because she can't stay up anymore, yeah, and he does like this confession to her while she's sleeping, being like, "Well, Rita, you're the kindest, sweetest, prettiest person I know, and you know if I could just get this moment right with you, who knows who knows what would happen, but it'd be pretty great or yeah. something like that yeah it's a it's a it's a confession,
0: yeah, and it would i think it would come off as just sweeter or or i don't know as as more genuine if you actually saw him have just like a second of genuine affection for her
1: yeah well i think also the point is because he also says i don't deserve someone like you and i wish i was as kind as you and that's what sets him down his next path so she is inspiring him to change
0: yeah but he also goes on how he he knew the first time he saw her. He knew, like, all of these things and I never told you. And it kind of implies that they've been working together for at least a little bit of time. Yeah,
1: it's not believable because in the beginning, doesn't she, like, doesn't Larry, like, hey, that's our new segment producer?
0: Something like that, yeah. And so it just, it, if you had had some genuine, like, just a look. Or just a shot of, of him genuinely looking like he has a fleck of uh, of emotion. It doesn't even have to be just a, a spark of positive emotion. Because you, you definitely see him go through these negative emotions with her when they're driving up to Puxitani with... Um, with Larry in the van and he's making fun of her and all that kind of stuff. And I guess it could be, well, he's kind of stuck in the maturity of a 12-year-old and that's just how he shows affection. Mm-hmm. But that's not that... It's not conveyed like that. So you need... You need, like, a little... Just a little breather bit of that for me to feel like the the re- the romance is, is believable or at least to call this a rom-com. Because I still... I, I think this is more of a—it's a comedy. It's
1: a comedic fantasy.
0: Yeah, but it's not a rom- romance. Like that's not the chief genre of it. So it's interesting that people have labeled it as a romantic comedy. So
1: so he's going to be kind. He and this next alarm gives money to the homeless man. He brings coffee. To his crew and is nice to Larry. One of the things, you know, he says, Oh, I was talking to this guy. We can get the shot over there. What do you think, Larry? Like,
0: putting in Larry's creative input. Yeah, no, that's very important to show the shift.
1: Mm-hmm. So he's a good worker. He gets his piano lessons. He learns Italian. He's learned ice sculpting. Um, his piano lessons improve. Um, he's learned French. Um, mm-hmm. And then he... Starts helping the homeless guy. He realizes that the homeless guy dies every night. Yeah. And he's trying to prevent this. And the um, the, the doctor's like, it's his time. Yeah. He's going of old age. Yeah. So it's just like, no matter what he tries to do to help, he dies every yeah. time. It's sad, but that's... It's the other life lesson of there's nothing you can do about that. There's nothing you can do about death. You can't run from it. Mm-hmm. You can't hide from it. So he becomes like the ultimate weatherman. He does like that big speech, yeah, that like everybody's like, "Oh, that touched me. It is so
0: great." yeah, he had some like he be, he philosophized the weather, mm-hmm, he's like,
1: "What is winter? I don't like stuff like,
0: that. yeah, winter is not just the culmination of precipitation falling from the sky, da-da-da, da-da-da, mm-hmm. da-da-da, da 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 da."
1: But I feel like at this point, like uh she's interested in him now.
0: Yeah, she's she's warming up to to the idea
1: of him. Cause you got to think in her mind, last night he was a jerk who was hitting on her. Yeah. So she's like, "Where, where do you, what are you doing? Let's go get lunch." And he's like, "Sorry, I got errands to do." So he's like, putting everybody else first ahead of what he wants, which is her. Yeah. He becomes a superhero and he saves everybody in the town and does good deeds. Catches the kid who falls out of the tree. Changes the tire for the old ladies. He, um, Heimlich maneuvers the guy. Yeah, who's
0: choking. Mm -hmm. We find out later that he he has saved a marriage. Saved a future, like, uh, prevented somebody from having second thoughts. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so then there's this party at the hotel, the
1: Pakistani party.
0: Yeah, it's like their little wrap-up nightly Groundhog
1: Day party. Mm-hmm. And the whole town's there, and Rita and Larry show up. Larry's with uh, Nancy.
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, Phil is playing the piano like Ray Charles. Yeah. He dances
1: with Rita. He gets compliments from the town people. Like, mm-hmm. everybody knows him now. He's town hero. Aw, it's so good. Just in the one day. Yeah. It's so crazy.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how realistic this bit is. It's definitely fantastical. Mm-hmm. Then there's the bachelor auction. Yeah, and they decide to batch uh, to auction him off first. Yeah, he gets pushed up there, and then there's a lot of high bids. <laughs> Goes all the way up to fifty dollars until Rita bids three hundred fifty eight dollars and eighty eight
1: cents. It's all like the that. money she had in her checkbook. Yeah
0: she didn't need to go that high
1: no she didn't so she she wins phil um she gets to do whatever she wants Mm -hmm. as long as it's legal yep she leaves um they do a little ice sculpture
0: where he sculpts her face that was insane (laughs) that was like that looked like somebody who had been doing it for like a hundred years
1: it was like um, a
0: Roman marble statue. Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> Made out of ice.
1: Yeah, and then they, they kiss, and mm-hmm. then there's magic snow.
0: Yeah, that was the first change. hmm It wasn't supposed to start snowing at that point in time. And uh, so the snow kind of elicits that, that there is possibility to change.
1: hmm And then we see the alarm again, and it's sunny and Cher. And we're like, oh. Yeah, but then wait, the announcer guys come on and say, "Nope, we don't want this song anymore. We played that yesterday." And then we see Rita's arm reach over and turn the alarm off, and he
0: is stunned. Yeah, he's like, "Something's different." <laughs> she like is different. Bad. And he's different. like, anything different is good. Yes, because who knows how long he was stuck in that loop?
1: Yeah, yeah. She says that last night. He just fell asleep. Like they wake up and their clothes are still on. So they didn't do it or anything. Like, yeah, they went back to the place and just fell asleep. And then, yeah, they leave leave the B&B and he's like, we should live here. Yeah,
0: sure, Phil. And that's how it ends. Yeah, it ends on a weird kind of interesting note of just life moves, moves on eventually.
1: Mm hmm. And the whole, what's that phrase, Uh, when, I feel like John Green says this phrase a lot, when nothing matters, then everything matters. Yeah. That is the correct phrase.
0: Hello, Xander.
1: I think it's a good movie. Yeah? Yeah, I like this movie. I think it's a positive movie. Yeah. It's one that I will watch again. And it is, like, I just realized that it's just
0: like Scrooge and, you know, Christmas Carol. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It really is that. Definitely not necessarily a romantic comedy.
1: Yeah, like I said, I was surprised that it came up. Yeah, me too.
0: Okay. We got a rate.
1: I'm going to give this movie
0: four pieces of cake. Ooh, good one. Shoved in the face. Shoved in the face. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give it four. I'm going to do it again, where I talk about it being low in the beginning, and then it actually is. <laughs> I'm going to give it four little tree... Phil huts. He oh, lived the in a tree stump. Stomp. Yeah. I gotcha. <laughs> it was like a little hut though. Uh, Puxitani Phil tree huts. I like it. Yeah. It's good. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so are you ready for next week? I'm so ready for our, our
0: one year anniversary <laughs> extravaganza. Well, that's good because this is a movie that you've been mad at me for only ever seeing the ending of. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ashley. No, I've only seen the movie once, I think.
0: Oh, okay. Well, you caught you're like, "How have you only seen the ending of Sleepless in Seattle?" Well, we're watching 1993's Sleepless in Seattle next I'm week. I'm just
1: a little mad because it's like the whole thing is is the build-up to the end and you've seen the end. I don't know. I don't
0: know. We'll deal with it. <laughs> It's because, blame HBO, okay? I just, I randomly would put it on and it would be the end and that's just how it happened.
1: I'm wondering if you want to watch the film that they based it off of. This is Nora Ephron, by the way. Oh, when I was watching the Nora Ephron documentary. You learned things? She says, you know, we've, Pretty much, are, as we've talked about, we've learned love from movies, which mm-hmm. is why she incorporates a lot of movies like Casablanca. And in this movie, it's um, An Affair to Remember, wherever which I watched and I cried. Yeah. I was wondering if you wanted to watch it before watching Sleepless in Seattle, because they are like
0: the same movie. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I've never seen An Affair to Remember. So. It's on Netflix. Okay. 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 We have thank yous. We got a lot of thank yous. I know. And this is just in the past week. I know. Lots of things have happened in this past week crazy it's because of pretty woman and and gary marshall gary marshall (laughs) (laughs) he brought the love to the podcast we miss you gary come back come back so we'd like to thank of course papa and mama generon because we always thank them Mm -hmm. nicole k wendy w evelyn melody g helen l samuel who's (laughs) over there matthew porter the incomparable matthew porter (laughs) nick c aaron f the ripped bodice bookstore which we finally got to visit Mm -hmm. that was awesome um the fictional females podcast jb nessa movie geek cast danielle b woody w and all of our friends on instagram yeah we got a lot of likes and you know i can't You can't just like, yeah. You can't thank everybody. (laughs) Yes. If you would like to be added to that thank you pile, I'm going to go with a pile because it sounds more fun, like where the wild things are. Come say hi to us. Yeah. Find us and listen and download our episodes at thecutaways.com. Please leave us comments, rate us, and subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. We're also on Facebook and Twitter as at Cutaways Podcast. And we're now on Instagram. And we're now on Instagram as... At cutaways podcast yep so should be pretty easy to remember on the social media all the same yep no the just cutaways boom boom so we'll see you next week where we will cry a lot yay <laughs> bye bye, bye. <laughs> thanks sam
1: You got me